أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا سيدنا محمد سيد العرب والعجم صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فقد قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم فاستمسك بالذي أوحي إليك إنك على صراط مستقيم وإنه لذكر لك ولقومك وسوف تسألون صدق الله العظيم All praises to Allah and may his peace and blessings be upon his servant and messenger our master Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah Ta'ala commands in his book in Surah Al-Zukhruf, فَاسْتَمْسِكْ بِالَّذِي أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ Hold fast to that which was revealed to you. Indeed, you are on a straight path. وَإِنَّهُ لَذِكْرُ لَكَ وَلِقَوْمِكَ Indeed, it is a dhikr for you and for your qawm. وَسَوْفَ تُسْأَلُونَ And you will be asked about it. Here, uh, the meaning of فَاسْتَمْسِكْ بِالَّذِي أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ uh, Qurtubi rahimahullah ta'ala says, hold fast to that which was revealed to you. Allah means by it the Qur'an. Uh, and then he says, وَإِن كَذَّبَ بِهِ مَنْ If a person uh, disbelieves it or says it's untrue from those who uh, do such a thing. إِنَّكَ عَلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, says that you are on a straight path, a path that will uh, that will safely uh, let you reach Allah and reach His pleasure and reach His reward. Allah Ta'ala's uh, speech, uh, indeed it is a dhikr for you and for your qawm. Uh, the it uh, is the Qur'an. يعني القرآن شرف لك ولقومك من قريش إذ نزل بلغتهم على رجل منهم He says that the word dhikr here, it means honor. It means honor. Sharaf. Uh, and uh, this is something Qurtubi mentions a, a number of times uh, throughout his tafsir, that this is one of the meanings of the word dhikr is, is honor. And uh, um, and that, that's what, what the word is used to mean here. He says this means that the Qur'an is an honor for you and for your people, uh, uh, the Quraysh. Uh, why? Because it was sent down in their dialect and upon a man from amongst them. Uh, uh, and here the word lugha can mean dialect or does mean dialect as well as language. That it was sent down in the language of the Arabs and it was sent down in the dialect of Quraysh. Uh, there's a specific and a general meaning of it. وَنَذِيرُهُ لَقَدْ أَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ كِتَابًا فِيهِ ذِكْرُكُمْ شَرَفُكُمْ Allah Ta'ala, uh, He uses the word dhikr to mean the same thing which is honor. Um, in Surah Al-Anbiya where he says indeed we sent down to you uh, a book in it is your honor uh, in it is your honor فَالْقُرْآنُ نَزِلُوا بِلِسَانِ قُرَيْشٍ وَإِيَّهُمْ خَاطَبٍ Qurtubi continues he says because the Quran uh, came down uh, in the tongue of Quraysh in the dialect of Quraysh and they are the first ones who are addressed by it فَاحْتَجَّ عَفْوًا أَهْلُ اللُّغَاتِ uh, uh, so the people of all of the different languages, they, um, they, because of that, are in need 
of, of, of their language, of their tongue, meaning the tongue of Quraysh. Uh, uh, everyone who believes uh, uh, in this Qur'an, all of them then become dependents on, on Quraysh. Because the people, uh, uh, whoever they may be in whatever language they may speak, they all have a need to take uh, from the language of Quraysh so that they can follow um, the meanings uh, uh, that were meant uh, uh, by by it, meaning by the Quran, in terms of its commandments, its prohibitions, and all of the things that it informs uh, uh, about. Um, and because of that, uh, the Quraysh, uh, in specific and in general, the Arabs have an honor. Uh, uh, their language has an honor over all other languages. وَلِذَلِكَ سُمِّيَ عَرَبِيًّا and this is why it was uh, called Arabi. This is one of the re- meanings of the word uh, Arabi. Uh, the name of the language, the Arabic language, is that thing which is expressed uh, clearly. And um, so this is a, a clear meaning of this ayah, which shows the, the, the honor of not just the Arabic language, but the honor of Quraysh in specific and the honor of the Arabs in general amongst the people of the Ummah. And nobody will deny the honor of the Arabs and deny uh, the honor of the Arabic language in specific and uh, in general the honor of uh, the Arabs. And nobody will deny the uh, uh, the honor of uh, Quraysh, um, both in their language and in their people. Uh, except for that person has necessarily denied some part of deen. Um, the honor of the Arabs uh, and the honor of Quraysh is an honor Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them to the point where Qurtubi also mentions قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ النَّاسُ اتَّبِعُ لِقُرَيْشٍ فِي هَذَا الشَّأْنِ مُسْلِمُهُمْ تَبِعُ لِمُسْلِمِهِمْ وَكَافِرُهُمْ تَبِعُ لِكَافِرِهِمْ uh, uh, and so uh, this hadith of the Prophet ﷺ indicates that the honor of the Quraysh is something that is uh, not solely uh, connected with deen, although it takes its full flavor uh, and its full color uh, in the deen, but it's not solely connected with the deen of Islam. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ mentions that the people uh, are uh, followers of Quraysh with regards to the affair of Islam, uh, with regards to this affair. So the Muslims uh, will follow the Muslims of Quraysh and the Kafirs will follow the Kafirs of Quraysh, uh, meaning that in either uh, e- either sense um, they will follow Quraysh uh, in the way that they deal with uh, with this affair, meaning the uh, affair of Islam. Uh, um, further, uh, uh, furthermore, we read uh, in the uh, uh, tafsir of Qurtubi, um, that he quotes Mawardi rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala um, when he says wa innahu la dhikrul laka wa li qawmika qala al-mawardiyu wa li qawmika fihim qawlani ahaduhuma man ittaba'aka min ummatik qala hu 
Qatada to Dhakarahu Thalabiyu Anil Hassan. He says the meaning of your qawm here, uh, there are two opinions with regards to uh, the meaning. Um, both of them will consider them to be correct. Um, one is those who followed you from your ummah, uh, uh, and this is the 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 qawl or the opinion of Qatada. And it's mentioned by Tha'labi that it's the opinion of Al-Hasan al-Basri rahimahullah. وَالثَّانِي لِقَوْمِكَ مِنْ قُرِيشِ فَيُقَالُ مِمَّنْ هَذَا فَيُقَالُ مِنَ الْعَرَبِ فَيُقَالُ مِنْ أَيِّ الْعَرَبِ فَيُقَالُ مِنْ قُرِيشِ قَالَهُ مُجَاهِدٌ And it's the opinion, uh, the second opinion, which is uh, the one held by Mujahid, the famous Mufassir and student of Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anhumah, that... Uh, uh, um, that your qawm is who, it's your people uh, from Quraysh. Um, so if it's asked, uh, who are they from? Then a person will obviously say that they're from the Arabs. And uh, if it's asked from which of the Arabs are they? Uh, it will obviously be stated that uh, they are from Quraysh. Now, uh, uh, what's the point of mentioning all of these things? Uh the point of mentioning these things is to emphasize that the Arabic language and the Arabs as a people have a particular honor, and that honor is not coincidental. You know, it's not just that the Prophet ﷺ happened to be an Arab, but it's coincidental or tangential or unrelated to uh, the, the deen of Islam. Um, nor is it uh, as puzzlingly... Uh, it's been contended that the Arabs are the worst of uh, mankind, billah, and Allah Ta'ala sent the deen to them for that reason, uh, which seems uh, uh, even more nonsensical. I won't try to explain the logic of those who argue that uh, I'll let them uh, defend their position on their own because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me uh, why Allah Ta'ala would send his message down on those people who are the least equipped uh, to deal with uh, Islam, uh, such a uh, such a contention is uh, easily used by those people who wish to form Islam into their own image, uh, and uh, that's you know the meaning of Islam is submission, but the meaning of submission is not that uh, uh, the Deen submits to you, but you submit to Allah Taala through the Deen, uh, and so uh, I I don't really see a whole lot of merit in that argument. Why is it important? I mean, what's what's one of the wisdoms of, um, of 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 the veneration of the Arabic language from amongst languages and the veneration of the Arabs uh, from uh, uh, amongst the different peoples of the world? Um, the language Allah Taala says Inna anzalnahu Quranan Arabiya laallakum taqilun in more than one place that we sent it down as an Arabic Quran so that you can be people of understanding. Um, the level of precision, the level of preservation, the 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 syntactical precision, the morphological precision in the Arabic language is unique even amongst Semitic languages, uh, much less amongst the uh, languages of the world. And this is a discussion I think not as many people will be, you know, will be uh, uh, as inclined to object to it uh, because of how obvious it is that the Arabic language needs to be understood in order to understand the Quran. Although we still have people to this day who are doggedly insistent that somehow they can read a translation of the Quran and understand it, which is completely puzzling to me. Um, not only for the reason that we just mentioned that Allah Ta'ala, he mentions that it's an Arabic Quran. 
um, but you know beyond that uh, oftentimes people who make such claims do so in a bid to like challenge authority like we don't have to listen to any imams we don't have to listen to uh, any uh, fuqaha and we don't have to listen to any muhaddithun and we don't have to listen to any mufassirun we don't have to listen to any madhabs or this and that I can just read the Quran on my own and figure it out well uh, you know I got news for you uh, you know if you're reading the translation then you're following the madhab of the translator because how are you supposed to know uh, uh, whether the translation is correct or not and I kid you not uh, uh, so many times I've had this conversation with people and uh, their comeback or retort is like, well, so-and-so is like a well-known and reputed translator, even though they're not. So most translations of the Quran in English are horrible. Um, uh, so-and-so is a reputed translator. So they're, they'd rather, you know, make taqlid of Yusuf Ali or of like, you know, whatever, Muhammad Ali Lahori, the Qadiani. They'd rather make taqlid of these people than, than of, uh, of, the, uh, of the Salaf of Abu Hanifa and of... Malik ta'ala. So at this point, like everybody's making taqlid of something, it's just, uh, you know, some people made a wiser choice than others. But unfortunately, you know, usually such people are, 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 are shallow and petty, intellectually unsophisticated, and they don't consider their opinions before holding them. Uh, the, the opinions are not something that's reached at the end of an objective process, uh, rather uh, just a trick of the nafs. So... People oftentimes, you know, to make that argument about the honor of the Arabic language is something that is, is doable. Uh, it's easier done and people will accept it. Uh, uh, oftentimes they'll accept it more easily. But the discussion with regards to the honor of the Arabs as a people, for whatever reason, Americans seem to have, and you know, this age is the age of America, uh, as much as people want to wave the flag in Europe and in other places, um, you know, really, uh, this age uh, is, is 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 like the Prophet ﷺ mentions that the people are followers of Quraysh in the matter of Deen. The 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 world is really the follower of America in the matters of their dunya in this age, and so you know we have a, a number of hangups in America which obscure the proper understanding of what does it mean to honor the Arabs as a people. And so, you know, in order to try to start to deconstruct this question, we have to, we have to answer, uh, uh, first of all, the question of what does it mean to be an Arab? Uh, and then uh, further, we have to declutter uh, uh, what does it not mean to be an Arab? And I think... Uh, you know, part of the decluttering process has to do with having a discussion with regards to race. Um, and so beginning the discussion with regards to race, uh, I, I will submit for your consideration that really there's no such thing as race. Uh, there's no objective definition of what race is. There's like racial theory, um, but like according to the kind of racial theory of uh, the racial theory of, uh, uh, of of your, which is definitely not something that has any sort of basis in Islam, nor is it something that I've ever come across any classical source, um, you know, uh, any classical source uh, that that is a fundamental uh, discipline of the learning of, of of Islam and of Wahi of of revelation and of Deen, um, you know, according to the the whatever racial theory. Uh, <clears throat> a person from, uh, for example, a person from um, 
uh, Sudan uh, would be able to pass as a white person. Why? Because they're Semitic-speaking people. And on the flip side, a person who is uh, from, for example, uh, you know, like the ancestry of the Indian subcontinent, because we're Aryans also, we should be white people, and uh, it's very clear that we're not, and it's very clear that Sudanese people are not white people. And it's actually interesting that you know, whatever the discussions of this racial theory is, the goalposts were moved around as to what the definition of a white person was and wasn't, is and isn't in the history of the United States, what the definition of a black person is. It's so subjective. Uh, why is Barack Obama the first black president? Uh, well, his father is black. Uh, well, his mother is white, so he's just as white as he is black. Uh, Tiger Woods uh, apparently used to agonize about this as well, that, you know, that he says, well, my mother is Thai. Uh, you know, so he's just as Thai as he is black, but for whatever reason, the skewed way that race is looked at in America, um, that has an effect on, you know, an effect on how we look at these issues. And the fact of the matter is there is no objective definition of, um, there's no objective definition of, of race. Why is it that, that a person who is like one quarter black will be considered black in America, phenotypically speaking? Uh, and not the other way around, you know, what is it? Is there something scientifically you can say about the genes of quote-unquote whiteness that like, you know, that they're especially sensitive to dilution or whatever? It's not, you know, these, 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 uh, these questions, the answers to these questions are not uh, anything that are gonna, that's going to lead you to anything objective. Race is an American issue. Um, it, it, it's been used for political purposes in America. There's no uh, objectivity with regards to it. And as far as I can tell, it doesn't even exist in the Sharia. So in the Sharia, for example, like if a woman, you know, marries, uh, like uh, if a woman marries a man without her father's permission, her father can go to the judge and get the, the marriage dissolved. Uh, um, if he can prove to the judge that it is not a proper marriage, um, and one of the uh, one of the places or one of the means of the proof of impropriety is that the 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 groom that this woman married is not um, is not kafaa is not a, a suitable match for the for his daughter based on lineage. Now, uh, people will often conflate this with race. Lineage and race are two very different things because lineage is something that can be objectively defined. Um, so if the woman is, for example, from the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet um, even according to those uh, ulama that consider that lineage is a consideration that the judge should take into account, which is not a universal, uh, uh, universally held opinion, but uh, um, even in those madhabs, if she can prove, uh, for example, if she's from the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet وسلم, and the groom is also from the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet وسلم, um, then the judge will say that, the, that there is kafa'a, there is, um, there is a suitability in the match with regards to lineage. This has nothing to do with your skin color. If a man is black and he's from the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet ﷺ, um, then the judge will uphold the suitability uh, 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 of the match even if the bride is so white that you can hold her up to the sun and see through her. Uh, uh, it has nothing to do with what we consider notions of race. And likewise, uh, being an Arab has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with race at all. 
Um, there are three things. So then the question comes, because like, it's important to get that out of the way because that's clutter that people have inside of their heads because certain races in America, quote unquote, uh, you know, or certain pseudo, uh, uh, you know, like definitions of what race are, have been used as a way of certain people bludgeoning or oppressing or, or, or uh, you know, keeping downtrodden other people. And so people are very weary of saying, well, these people have some sort of honor and nobility. Why? Because those types of arguments have been used in order to enslave people and in order to treat people like garbage and in order to, uh, you know, economically and politically disenfranchise people or get some benefit out of them. So the first thing is that Arab is not a race. Uh, um, the second thing is then let's define what being an Arab is. And being an Arab is two things. One is speaking the Arabic language. Um, and in the context of Islam, even though we admit that the Arab language is more than just the dialect of Quraysh, but the one that is privileged and prestigious over all of the other dialects is the dialect of Quraysh. Why? Because that is the dialect in which the Quran was revealed. That is the dialect in which most of the Quran is uh, uh, framed and phrased and that is the dialect in which uh, 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 um, most of the hadith and commandments of the Prophet وسلم, as well as the the athar that come to us from the ulama of the aslaf and the companions of Khulafa Rashidun etc radiallahu anhum ajma'in come down in, in, in uh, that dialect and uh, uh, you know, himself said, Arabian," when talking about, in particular, the dialect of Quraysh. Um, and this is important. This is something that even people self-identify as Arabs. You have to come to terms with this. You have to come to terms with this as part of your dina as well. Lest somebody think that this is just some sort of like Arab supremacy rant or whatever. This is something that many of the people who consider themselves Arabs have a hard time coming to terms with because of their disdain for, for the, the f- fusha, uh, uh, for, the, uh, uh, for the most eloquent dialect, meaning the dialect of Quraysh, um, which we now refer to as classical Arabic. Um, they, have, they have a sort of antagonism toward it. And uh, that antagonism is, is harmful for your deen. Uh, Allah Ta'ala chose it. That we, we say, Allah Ta'ala sent it down as an Arabic Quran, meaning that what, from the, the, the speech of the Arabs, the most eloquent and the most uh, honored is the dialect of Quraysh. Uh, so like for example I'll give a, a talk in the masjid and I literally heard this not too many days ago Sheikh uh, uh, we want we want we uh, fusha. he says that we want like we want a talk in Arabic not in fusha. and I told him I said that there's no Arabic if fusha is not Arabic if the dialect of Quraysh is not Arabic then there's no such thing as Arabic so the first thing that makes you an Arab is what to speak Arabic, uh, um, to speak Arabic with eloquence. And when I say with eloquence, um, it doesn't necessarily mean in order to be an Arab, you don't have to speak the dialect of Quraysh, but you do have to speak uh, uh, something that carries grammatical case endings at the end of it. You have to speak with fasaha, with with eloquence. It cannot be uh, uh, such a speech, which unfortunately is the colloquial dialects of most people uh, nowadays. Is that they, they call it Arabi, but there's no Arab. Arab, which is the grammatical case endings and the grammatical markers um, uh, that 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 Arabic is known for in the speech. The Arab, literally, the word Arab in Arabic morphologically means to make something Arabic. 
And this is the, the, the salient difference between what we consider to be Arabic versus like Hebrew, Syriac, Aramaic, uh, you know, whatever ancient languages like Akkadian, Babylonian, Ugarit, the different uh, uh, ancient languages of South Arabia, etc. Um, is, I, I don't want to say South Arabia, it's a strike South Arabia, but like the different ancient Semitic languages that are from, um, that are not considered Arabian, um, is that, that from the time of written record, all of them had lost, uh, uh, all of them, uh, or if not most of them, if not all of them, had lost the grammatical uh, markers or case endings in speech. And so you cannot analyze that speech syntactically. You have to analyze it by like order, by word order, sentence order. Whereas Arabic, uh, because there's markers, uh, the syntax is far, far more flexible um, in terms of how you can how you can say things. So, for example, in Arabic, you can say Allahu bari ummin al mushrikina wa rasuluhu. Allah means Allah. Bari means has no association with mushrikin means the polytheists. Wa rasuluhu and his messenger. So if you were to read this uh, in terms of sentence order, uh, this, which is actually from the text of the Qur'an, it would mean Allah is uh, free of any association with the disbelievers and, and his prophet, which is obviously kufr because Allah Ta'ala, if he had no association with his prophet, then how would it be his prophet? Not only is it kufr, but it's tahafut, it's a nonsensical statement. Um, whereas if you read it with the grammatical case endings, it's very clear that that the nominative case ending, the marfu'a case ending is on rasuluhu, meaning that the rasul is also uh, um, uh, the active uh, participle, or sorry, not participle, but the active uh, subject uh, of the uh, of the verb, meaning that Allah and his messenger have nothing to do with the mushrikeen. Allah and his messenger have nothing to do with the mushrikeen. This is what makes Arabic, Arabic is this amount of precision. I would like to, you know, the listener to note that uh, uh, biblical Hebrew uh doesn't have except for very vestigial uh, uh, grammatical marker it doesn't have case endings uh, it doesn't have arab in, in its kalam why would it have arab it's not even arabic uh, um but like it, they don't the, the 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 whatever the torah in hebrew doesn't doesn't carry uh, those grammatical case endings which means that there is almost definitely uh, verses of the torah that are like Fahish, like really, really, really extremely misunderstood um, because without the grammatical case endings, it's difficult to maintain precision and understanding what the text says. But uh, at any rate, the first thing that, that makes a person an Arab is what is being able to speak the language of the Arabs. Um, and again, even if it's not the language of Quraysh, because the Arabs do have so many different dialects, but it has to be something, uh, something in which uh, these grammatical case markers uh, are preserved, um, making it Arabic and differentiating it from other, uh, other extant or extinct Semitic languages. Um, and uh, this is a this is something that those who self-identify as Arabs versus those who don't self-identify as Arabs, both of them have to put an effort in order to learn these things. And as far as I can tell, as a class of people, the only people who preserve the Arabic language like this is perhaps some Bedouins um, and some uh, uh, literati uh, and uh, and the the class of ulama. Otherwise, otherwise the colloquial dialects of Arabic, uh, I don't know of any in which the Arab is actually preserved. Uh, and this is something, um, you know, this is one reason why I'm not really excited about um, the movement uh, for, uh, uh, you know, the movement for pushing things toward Amiya, toward colloquial, uh, colloquial dialects. Not necessarily because, 
you know, those dialects are completely uh, erroneous and have no connection with Arabic. But because they've lost their fasaha, they've lost their, their eloquence, um, necessarily they will push a person away from what makes Arabic into Arabic. So I'm not a fan of seeing like uh, colloquial dialects written, not in street signs or advertisements, uh, nor it be, them being used for, you know, the delivery of like formal speeches or reading the news uh, or uh, uh, writing PhD theses or whatever, which is a, I'm told that there are pushes toward these things and I'm not really excited about them. Um, so the first thing that makes you an Arab is what? Is the speech of the Arabs. The second thing that makes you an Arab is the adat and taqalid of the Arabs, the, the culture and the customs of the, uh, of the Arabs. And uh, what are these uh, culture and customs? It's not eating falafel and shawarma. It's not listening to Um Kulthum and Fairuz and Amr Diab and you know whatever Tamalli Ma'ak and all this other nonsense. It has nothing to do with any of those things. What is it? What are the adat and taqalid of the Arabs? Falafel and shawarma, neither of those words are actually of Arab origin if a person thinks about it. They're, the words are actually foreign loan words anyway. Um, what, is, what does it mean then to be an Arab? There are certain cardinal virtues that the Arabs used to have, even in Jahiliya, even Abu Jahl. Uh, 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 used to have those uh, those uh, virtues, um, and they include uprightness and telling the truth. They include uh, they include uh, wafa that if you say you're going to do something that you fulfill your word, which makes the the current uh, you know kind of like inshallah means like no, and I'm going to blame Allah for it like type of culture, especially egregious because that's not how the forefathers of the Arabs were. Um, it, it, they were known for their religious uh, religious fulfillment of vows if they said something they would fulfill their word as a uh, as a sacred matter uh, even if they were idol worshippers they were known uh, to be people of generosity that they considered generosity to be a cardinal virtue particularly um, generosity uh, given to uh, uh, generosity when shown to um, guests uh, hospitality etc so these cardinal virtues of the arabs um, these virtues were uh, in shuja'a, bravery, etc. These are the adat and taqalid of the Arabs. Uh, you know, having haya, having, having uh, haya, uh, uh, afwan, having ghayra. Um, these are the cardinal virtues of the Arabs. Haya wasn't something that, that in jahiliya that was preserved. But ghayra, for example, um, it, it was a, a virtue that the Arabs considered to be virtues. Why is this important? The reason this is important is that Islam is not, I mean, it didn't come as a completely new religion. It didn't come to say like what's in the Quran is Islam and everything that's out of the Quran is not Islam. Or what is in the Quran and what the Prophet ﷺ said is Islam and everything other than that isn't Islam. Rather, Islam is what a fulfillment of a tradition of prophethood that came from before and it is built on the platform of fitrah. It is built on the platform of the aboriginal human nature. A sound human disposition is required in order to understand the commandments of deen. And it was built on the culture of, uh, of the Arabs. What was wrong with it was negated. And uh, uh, what was not wrong with what was needed by it was affirmed emphatically. And in general, there are things from the customs of the Arabs that are then, uh, uh, you know, there's imda that they're, they're they 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 continue uh, as part of uh, as part of the deen. Um, even if not, you know, even if there's a tafawat, there's like a different a gradation in like how much a part of the deen they may be, but they continue as part of the deen. 
um, in some capacity or another until the Yom Al-Qiyamah, um, even though they're not explicitly mentioned by the text of the Qur'an or by the hadith of the Prophet Wasallam or commanded to. So something simple like wearing a turban or eating with your hands or uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, wearing an izar, a waist wrap, uh, instead of wearing a pair of pants, or something simple like, you know, saying marhaban and uh, you know these types of things, they're not necessarily a part of the deen in the sense that they're not from the Sunan al-Huda. Even though the Prophet did those things, um, he didn't come necessarily to you know make people wear a particular type of lower garment. Um, yes. In the sense that your lower garment should cover you, cover you, you know, in a particular way. Yes, that's part of the deen. Then afterward, whatever color you choose, or whatever you know, within a, a general uh, framework, uh, whatever style you choose within a general framework, um, those things are all they're all permissible. But they're still part of the deen. Why? Because if a person does them because the Prophet ﷺ did them uh, in love of the Prophet ﷺ. Although legally it's not uh, it's not something that's uh, necessarily commanded to Sufi in the Sufic sense, the love of those things and the emulation of those things, if done for the purpose of emulating the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, they become a good deed because of those things. And in general, uh, the understanding of all of those things is the context in which um, the text of the Quran and the hadith of the Prophet and the sunnah of the Prophet and the aslaf anhum, it takes life. Without understanding those things, uh, uh, you know, you won't understand context. And uh, therefore, the preservation of those things also becomes a part of deen. And, uh, you know, this is why, for example, the ulama who were very pious people and scrupulous people, they uh, would preserve things like the mu'allaqat sab'a, the, the different, you know, canonical poetry of jahiliyyah, even though they describe some really uh, <laughs> impious themes uh, at times. The reason those things were pre preserved is because they, you know, form a, a backbone uh, of Arabic literature, pre-Quranic Arabic literature, through which the language of the Quran can be analyzed and dissected, etc. Uh, and so, you know, the second thing is what the adat and taqalid of the Arabs, through them, through understanding them and through their preservation, um, the, the kitab and sunnah are understood. And when Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِنَّهُ لَذِكْرُ لَكَ وَلِقَوْمِكَ It's an honor for you and for, for your qawm, for your people, um, it means the Quraysh in specific and the Arabs in general, uh, and it's the text of the Quran. And you know, with all due respect, you know, there is those who say, "Well, the Qawm of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is, is uh, uh, you know, is just the Sahaba. It's not all of the Arabs. You know, it's not the Abu Abu Lahab and Abu Jahl." With all due respect, uh, uh, linguistically, although there is an argument to be made there in terms of of naqal, that this this was a transmitted opinion of certain. Uh, certain ones amongst the, the Mufassirun. Um, in terms of the language of the Arabs, even the Quran itself, all the pro pro prophets that came to the different and previous uh, uh, previous nations like Ad and Thamud, they addressed their people as Ya Qawmi, Ya Qawmi, O oh my people, O oh my people. Even though uh, uh, you know those people didn't believe and they were actually destroyed by uh, Allah Ta'ala and his, uh, the wrath of his punishment. So, you know, to say that necessarily the word Qawm means 
uh, uh, means only the believers. Uh, this is not really borne out linguistically by the use of the word in the Quran. And uh, uh, this is actually a major objection I have even to the the poet of the Indian subcontinent, uh, Allama Muhammad Iqbal, um, that he uses the word qawm to mean ummah. Uh, in his in his uh, in his like his imagery and in his vocabulary um, through which he expresses his thought and uh, I don't I don't think it's a, a quite a Quranic usage uh, and he was actually this was pointed out to him by uh, by Mulana Hussein Ahmed Madani from amongst the ulama and Allah Taala knows best but at any rate that the 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 honor is there for for the qawm it's there for the Arabs and it's the text of the Quran. Now, one of the objections people have to this, they say, well, what you want me to like, uh, you want me to honor, uh, uh, you know, like Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab. Uh, no, nobody's asking you to do that, nor would anyone in their right mind do it. Um, but the idea is that it's a blessing Allah gave them. And, you know, the, with all blessings, if you show thankfulness, then Allah will reward you on the day of judgment. And if you uh, don't show thankfulness, if you're ungrateful, it will be a source of punishment for you. But to say that it's not a blessing, uh, that's just silliness or that it has no meaning. Uh, Fir'aun was given great power. This is also a blessing. Uh, it doesn't make Fir'aun a good person because he didn't do anything good with it. So now what makes you an Arab? We have the list uh, of up to two things. One is the, speaking the language of the Arabs, and the second is their customs and uh, their adat and taqalid, their, their customs that they have and their culture that they have. Um, there are those who say there's a third uh, component to it, which is lineage, the nasab of the Arabs. You should have the nasab, the lineage of the Arabs. But uh, uh, I would contend that this is not... Uh, this is not not a requirement, and uh, you know one of the simple proofs for it not being a requirement is what is that from amongst the tribes uh, of Arabs in Jahiliya, in Jahiliya, um, uh, you know half of the tribes were literally known as Musta'arabin, that they were people who Arabized, meaning they adopted. Uh, they adopted being Arabs. Why? Because they're of non-Arab lineage. The forefathers of the Arabs uh, are from South Arabia, Himyar, Qahtan, etc. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, a great number of the tribes, uh, if not half of the tribes of the Arabs, don't actually come from that lineage. They're actually northern Semitic-speaking people uh, who will uh, uh, immigrate to the Arabian Peninsula and uh, take the, 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 the first two, the language and the custom and culture of the Arabs from them, and they will be considered Arabs. Uh, and uh, the Prophet ﷺ from Quraysh is actually Musta'rab as well. Um, the uh, Ansar عنهم, are from the Arab al-Ariba, the, the people of the old Arabian lineage, whereas the Prophet وسلم, uh, and Quraysh, uh, uh, aren't they're they're actually musta'aribin because Sayyidina uh, Ismail alayhi salam uh, learned the Arabic language and uh, from his lineage come the tribes of Adnan, Mudar and Rabi'a, uh, uh, Banu Tamim and Banu Taghlib and Banu Asad and uh, uh, etc. All of these different all of these different tribes um, they're not actually of Arab lineage and it's it's known that they're not of Arab lineage. Rather, their lineage becomes one of the lineages of the Arabs. Why? Because of their 
wholesale buy-in to what? Two things, the language of the Arabs and the adat and taqalid of the Arabs. And this is something for those who, again, consider themselves to be Arabs themselves, that they should consider that what makes you an Arab. It's not your falafel and shawarma. If you can't speak the language and if you're not, you know, if you're not, uh, uh, you know, if you're not a generous person, you're not an honorable person, you're not a brave person, you're like a petty-minded money grubber uh, uh, who, uh, you know, doesn't know how to share and, you know, doesn't uh, honor guests and doesn't keep his word etc etc then you're just deluding yourself um, at that point this is not what we mean by what we mean by by the arabs that, that allah ta'ala honored them and uh, you know uh, just a final point uh, before wrapping up um, many people again object when we mention this by saying well islam is not there to like promote a particular race and we said again the idea of race is not even part of our discussion it's not there to part- promote a particular poem uh, you're right it's not uh, the fadila and the virtue of the Arabs is uh, something which is juz'i. It's part. It's particular. It's not universal. Meaning, Arab being Arab is not what what saves you. In akramakum and Allahi atqakum, Allah Taala says that the most honored amongst you are the ones who have uh, the most taqwa. Uh, uh, meaning what? That being an Arab is only useful if you have taqwa. And this is actually mentioned by Qurtubi uh, in this uh, in the tafsir of this very ayah. Um, and he says, Rawa and he called Sayyidah Fatima radiallahu anha and said to her, Ya Fatima, tushtari nafsaki min Allahi fa'inni la ugni anki min Allahi shay'ah. And he says, Oh Fatima, oh my daughter, uh, um, you know, purchase your, uh, your, your soul from Allah Ta'ala, meaning, uh, you know, pay up, do those things that you have to in order to uh, attain salvation from Allah Ta'ala because I'm not going to be able to help you uh, uh, in front of him at all. And it's known that Sayyidah Fatima uh, uh, is the Bid'u Jasadi Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam That her lineage is the most noble of lineages Why? Because in it is the messenger of Allah, the greatest of, of creation And he says to her, I, I can't help you at all وَقَالَ مِثْلَ ذَلِكَ لِنِسْوَتِهِ Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And he said the same thing to his wives والسلام, Something similar to his wives وَقَالَ مِثْلَ ذَلِكَ لِعِتْرَتِهِ And he said something similar to that To his uh, family To his Ahlul Bayt Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam ثُمَّ قَالَ نَبِيُّ Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam مَا بَنُوا هَاشِمٍ بِأَوْلَى النَّاسِ بِأُمَّتِي إِنَّ أَوْلَى النَّاسِ بِأُمَّتِ الْمُتَّقُونَ وَلَا قُرَيْشٌ بِأَوْلَى النَّاسِ بِأُمَّتِي إِنَّ أَوْلَى النَّاسِ بِأُمَّتِ الْمُتَّقُونَ وَلَا الْأَنْصَارُ بِأَوْلَى النَّاسِ بِأُمَّتِي إِنَّ أَوْلَى النَّاسِ بِأُمَّتِ الْمُتَّقُونَ وَلَا الْمَوَالِي بِأَوْلَى النَّاسِ بِأُمَّتِي إِنَّ أَوْلَى النَّاسِ بِأُمَّتِ الْمُتَّقُونَ إِنَّمَا أَنْتُمْ مِنْ رَجُلٍ وَامْرَأَةٍ وَأَنْتُمْ كَجِمَامِ السَّاعِ the Prophet وسلم, said very emphatically, he says that Banu Hashim, meaning his clan of Quraysh, are not the ones that have the most right to my ummah. The ones that have most right to my ummah are those who fear Allah. 
nor is Quraysh those from the people who have the most right to my ummah, those who have most right to, to my ummah are those who fear Allah, uh, nor are the Ansar those who have the most right to my ummah. It was their Medina in which Islam was established, wasn't it? Uh, but rather the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa says that the Ansar aren't those who have most right to my ummah, those who have most right to my ummah are those who fear Allah, nor are the uh, Mawali, the non-Arab uh, 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 converts, um, and freed slaves, those who have the most right to my ummah. Uh, indeed, those who have most right to my ummah are those who fear Allah. Nor are those, uh, so he says that, that, uh, that all of you are from one man and from one woman. You're all equal. Uh, and no one has any virtue over anyone else except for through the fear of Allah. Um, now, one thing I'd like to mention is that there, this is an exception, right? He says that nobody has virtue over anyone except for through the fear of Allah. And I think a lot of people lose track of the fact that through the fear of Allah, there is gradation then in, in people, that there is superiority in certain things over others. And uh, um, that doesn't, again, mean that like automatically, like, you know, Arab is like a grade Muslim and like uh, every, you know, everyone else is, you know, whatever, B grade or D grade or C grade or whatever. But these things do take color once a person uh, fears Allah Ta'ala. And the more they fear Allah Ta'ala, the more color they'll take and the more benefit they'll have. So someone who fears Allah a little bit will benefit a little bit from certain things. Whereas a person through their greater fear of Allah Ta'ala may have a greater benefit uh, than the person who has you know, certain types of knowledge or doesn't or has uh, you know, a certain language of uh, knowledge of the language or the customs and doesn't, etc., etc. But there is gradation once uh, once the fear of Allah enters into a person, and uh, 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 you know there's so many so many beautiful hadiths that are mentioned. Wa Abi Hurairah anhu is narrated from Sayyidina Abu Hurairah anhu. Qurtubi brings this as well. It's a hadith that that's worth mentioning uh, more than more often than it gets mentioned. Layantahiyanna aqwamun yaftakhiruna bi fahmin min fahmi jahannam aw yakununa sharran 'inda Allah min al-ji'lan allati tadfa'u an-nitna bi'anfiha he says that there are uh, there will come uh, uh, there will come such people uh, 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 where they, they 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 came to an end uh, such such aqwam such qawms such peoples um that used to boast with one another, but all of their boasting about their lineage of like how awesome they are, um, all of it, uh, it was just them boasting about uh, a piece of coal from the coal of the hellfire. Uh, or such people were more evil or more detestable to Allah Ta'ala than a, 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 a creepy crawly creature um, that that uh, crawls in the in the in the dirt so much so that even feces uh, it would push feces out of its way th- with its nose, meaning its face is so dishonored that it would just use its face to move feces out of the way. Kullukum banu Adam Turab, all of you are uh, uh, the 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 progeny of Adam and Adam is from dust. Inna Allah adhaba ankum ibbiyatul jahiliya. Allah Taala has rid you of the burden of the age of ignorance. Fakhraha bil abai, and He's rid from you its boasting with regards to lineage. Again, here lineage is mentioned, not race. It's, it's boasting uh, in lineage. Anasu mu'minun taqiyun wa fajrun shaqi. That a person will either be a believer who fears Allah Ta'ala or a profligate who will have a wretched ending. Um, 
and so the idea is what is that yes uh, we see that a person's lineage won't save them uh, and it, it's not what what makes this this Islam thing work for a person it's not what uh, makes a person a good person or a bad person uh, that idea is, is solid what we say with regards to the honor of the Arabs is not a negation of that Rather, what we say is that once a person fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the Arabs do have an honor because of the honor of the Qur'an and because the honor of the context uh, uh, in which the Qur'an and the teachings of Islam were sent and the context in which the Prophet was sent. Tell me something, if the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wasallam, Allah ta'ala, uh, uh, um, sent him and, and described him as uh, uh, described him as a mercy to the world and that he uh, he informed us uh, through revelation that he is the best of creation and the best the Sayyid, the master of the, the progeny of Adam alayhi salam and he said that one of you will not perfect their faith until I become more beloved to them than their parents and their children and then all other, other than all other people than their parents and their children and then all other people then does not loving everything about him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam become an act of worship until I become more beloved to that person than their, their, their parents and their children and then all other people doesn't loving everything about that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam now become part of a deen that a person shouldn't stick their nose in the air and speak derisively about the Arabs knowing that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was one of them um, this love doesn't mean that if an Arab does something bad it becomes good it doesn't mean that like you know like if an Arab commits kufr it becomes iman it doesn't mean if an Arab commits a sin it becomes an act of piety it doesn't mean any of those things it just means what that a person should be careful even in the tone of their voice when they speak about the Arabs why because they know that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa was an Arab and they know that the Quran is an Arabic Quran and I got grief from people for mentioning that you should uh, love the Arabs for three things, that the Qur'an is Arabic and the Prophet ﷺ was an Arab and that the, uh, the speech of the people of Jannah is Arab. And so some people say, well, it's that hadith is a forgery. Uh, you know, a, I, you know, I didn't, you know, for those who saw this particular social media post that happened recently, uh, I, I didn't I didn't say sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I didn't say that this that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said this. But for those who say that there is no uh, no basis for the language of the people of Jannah being Arabic, um, there is a, a, a riwaya uh, an author from Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas mentioned in the Maqasid Hasana of Sahawi rahimahullah ta'ala who was a prize student of Hafiz ibn Hajar uh, um, that, uh, that that there is an author in which the same three things are mentioned. Uh, and uh, you know it's not a point of aqidah it's not a point of aqidah it's not a point of uh, you know a fiqh or whatever uh, it is mentioned and allah knows the the truth of it but you know why why argue on that point there's no there's no argument the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was an arab or that the quran was revealed in arabic uh, and if you don't want to believe that the uh, speech of the people of jannah is arabic that's that's like that's tolerable that's not that's not like you know a big issue that that I'm fighting about it, and, and, and you know, in fact, the the point of the post was not necessarily to not necessarily not at all to prove that the language of Jannah is Arabic. 
Um, but the point of the post was what is that I see people disrespecting the Arabic language, including those who consider themselves Arabs. I see people disrespecting uh, Arabness uh, and, and degrading it as if it's not you know something important, and it really is. Um, and it is a key. It's love and respect and honor is a key to uh, unlocking great amounts of khair, both in a person's knowledge and in a person's sufik uh, tarbiya, uh, their spiritual uh, growth. And uh, uh, this is the reason for sharing these things. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if there's anything beneficial said, Allah ta'ala uh, give us uh, its benefit and uh, whatever we're wrong, Allah ta'ala forgive us uh, for saying it. Wa sallallahu ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.